The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday with Professor Andrew Brandt, only guy out there I'm aware of that has been an agent, has been in the front office as an executive, back to consulting on the agency side, all over the media with the Business of Sports podcast. And we have them just about every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which is 30 minutes on-demand audio whenever you need it, whenever you want it, from a former player, making sure you're up to date on everything going on in the National Football League with the insight of some terrific, terrific guests you can check us out on social at Ross Tucker Pod. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. Greatly appreciate those of you that rate and review the show. That is awesome. Can't thank you enough. Maybe I'll start to read some of the reviews you guys give so you guys can get some shout outs. Those of you that are actually going ahead and doing it, it's much appreciated. We will have a spread the word winner a sponsor confirmation email winner taking advantage of one of our sponsors like DraftKings or Manly Bands and a YouTube shout-out winner, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, where you can always watch any of these shows as well as the highlight clips of said shows as well. Looking forward to giving out all of those winners on tomorrow's Ross Tucker football podcast with the great Greg Cosell. For right now, though, It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Andrew, it's been a couple weeks to the point where I texted you and had to say I missed you. I don't know. One week you were out west and you were doing stuff. And then the other week, I don't know, maybe I had Andrew Barry, the GM for the Browns on. Uh, So it's good. Hopefully a bunch of people checked out the Business of Sports podcast as they always should. It's interesting, Andrew. I did not get a chance to listen or watch it yet. I've just seen some of the highlight clips on social media, either at Andrew Brandt or at Ross Tucker Pod. But I was having a meeting with intern Casey yesterday, and she went out of her way to say that the business of sports this week was really interesting. I guess it spoke to her. Well, first, good to be back. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was hiking out west. At some point, I'll tell you what my adventure is going to be this summer. 
<laughs> I pick one every year. It's not a triathlon, I'll tell you that. Anyway, uh, and then I'm glad you continued the tradition on a Wednesday with an Andrew B. <laughs> last week. Andrew Barry, Andrew Brandt, good enough. Uh, this week, for people who haven't listened yet, really a fascinating conversation. I found these two lawyers in an article on how they got Clemson track and field back in business after it was cut. And they kind of did a lot of innuendo about all the football players in their Norma Tech boots and their private chefs and all the water slides and all that. But it come to find out, Ross, these, I call them freedom fighters. These lawyers have reinstituted dozens of programs around the country. Now they're working on Michigan State swimming and diving. They're working on LaSalle. They're working on Brown, Dartmouth. It's really incredible. So Arthur Bryant, Lori Bullock, a uh, really fascinating hour-long conversation with these, what I call, freedom fighters on Title IX and getting men's programs restored in college athletics. That is awesome. I want to check out the whole thing. I actually write, wrote my senior thesis at Princeton, 128 pages, Andrew. It's a book. I have it <laughs> on Title IX and gender equity wow. in athletics. Uh, I, I would be very curious to hear about that. I know uh, intern Casey was a figure skater at Penn State. I don't know if it was club or varsity. I, I think it was varsity. But anyway, um, I know she was an awesome figure skater because I've seen the, the clips of her on social media. But she really liked it. And I love hearing that, that there are people fighting for these opportunities because oh, yeah. those are every one of those is really sort of a, a life-changing or at least altering opportunity for the people that get them. Well, I think this is a topic for us too. The, in the business of sports, the pandemic, you know, dozens and dozens of programs around the country were cut. And everyone focuses on football and basketball and the restarts of the Big Ten and the Pac-12. But listen, I, I love football. Football's going to be fine, you know, and basketball's going to be fine. The real casualties of the pandemic were these sports. And here, out of the, out of the Phoenix comes these lawyers to get these things back. And every school uses the same excuse and money and reprogramming and COVID, but they've been wildly successful. And I didn't even know this till I talked to them. The 50, 50 50th anniversary of Title IX is next year. So here we are still dealing with these issues. You know, you mentioned Andrew B., Andrew Barry on last week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's interesting because one of the things he said that got a lot of attention is, and he had said this when he got the job in Cleveland. So I asked him about it. He said he thought Howie Roseman was the best general manager in the NFL. And you live in Philadelphia, Andrew. I live outside of Philadelphia. Boy, that is not the narrative right now. And that is not what fans think. But I think, and I'm not here to say that Howie Roseman's the best GM. I think that's a tough argument to make right now. But what's interesting is fans, all they really look at is we stunk last year. He took Rager when he could have taken Jefferson. Yeah. Dillard, he took Dillard in the first round. He hasn't been good yet. He took Ortega Whiteside when he could have taken Metcalf. He stinks. Fire him. And I just sit there and think for any GM, really any leader in any walk of life, it feels like it's a pretty short 
short-term, short-sighted way to look at what is a long-term role and a long-term vision. You know, I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, if you think about it, in the last four years, they've made the playoffs three out of those four years. They've gotten the divisional round twice. They've, you know, won the Super Bowl once. They've won the division twice. They, and by the way, the first three years, the quarterback got hurt and didn't finish the season. And last year, for whatever reason, he was arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL. I guess it's funny with any GM, Andrew, I feel like if you wanted me to, I could make both a compelling case for and a compelling case against. Because there's so many transactions, there's so many moves, you can you can choose to emphasize and to highlight whichever ones you want. Yeah, you know, I, I heard that comment on your program last week too. It does resonate where you think, wow, Howard Roseman. And let me say this, I mean, I've talked to you before, full disclosure, I'm friends, we've known each other, gosh, 30 years maybe. Um, and when I moved back to Philadelphia, I didn't want to work for a team. I still don't. Everyone asked me, but I did consulting. Joe Banner brought me in and I worked closely with Howie for two years. Um, listen, he is a different kind of GM. And I know a lot of people don't accept that. He's not from a scout background. He's not the traditional who made his bones standing on the sidelines of college uh, football teams. He's not that, but he's learned that. And he's hired people around him to do that. And uh, he is a negotiator GM, right? He is the kind of GM that comes from a financial cap background. His strength is negotiating. And some of his deals have been masterful. I still go back to getting a number one pick for Sam Bradford and getting the desperation of the Minnesota Vikings and leveraging that to the hilt. Turned out to be Derek Barnett and, and so on. And even Carson Wentz, you just said he's the worst player in the league, quarterback in the league last year. He got a what looks like a third and a, and a first. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, people can't judge. It's very tired of people to say they could have had DK Metcalf instead of they got. Yeah, so could every other team. You know, it's, it's kind of a tired thing. You know, every team could have had Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, these comparisons, you have to look at body of work, just like evaluating a player it's over years speaking of aaron Rodgers, yeah nice segue thank you i appreciate that 10 minutes to get there this time (laughs) yeah he's not uh he's not at otas not a big surprise there he was on kenny main's last sports center he looks very relaxed he looks very comfortable with what he's doing and I swear, Andrew, I felt like he was reading one of your tweets when he said it's about the people. It's not about it's not about Jordan Love. It's not about this. It's about the people. It felt like he was reading one of your tweets. Listen, I'm not talking to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not talking to the Packers. But trust me, <laughs> I know what's going on. Uh, you know, this is this is a breach of trust between the two sides. And it, I've been saying this since it started. Um, people ask me, what would I do? Listen, I don't know if this can be repaired because what concerns me most, as I've said from the beginning, is that Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, and Coach LaFleur 
have been out to see her and, and we're still where we are. He doesn't feel trust from the front office. He doesn't feel there's someone that he can confide in there. And he feels, I don't think, I think it's way too strong to say he feels lied to, but he doesn't feel a connection. And I get back to what I've said all along. It's control for the timeline. I think the Packers want to move to love in 2022. Aaron's probably like, well, yeah, that doesn't help me. You know, you want me to bring you to the Super Bowl this year, then move on to the young guy. That's no fun. And they've got to manage that. And they're trying. But at the end of the day, Ross, they're not trading. him, <laughs> And he can't trade himself. So... I'll let you and everyone else figure out what's next because they're not trading. So wait a minute, <laughs> but what should they do then? That's a good question. Continue to hope, pray, try, cajole, massage to get him in. And then there's the financial part, you know, make him a highest paid guy, give him guarantees. Guarantees don't matter later because they'll travel with the contract if a trade. But I, I don't know, Ross, because – you only get to financial after personal. You know, if he's if you're talking money, you can get it done. But I don't think they talk money unless they're comfortable talking money. That means he's coming back. So, yeah, the easy thing I say is they're not trading him. The hard thing is now what? I, I don't know. Speaking of him not being at OTAs, Andrew, it's phase three of OTAs. Actually... I hadn't written a story for The Athletic in a while just because I've been so busy with other stuff. But I did write a story this week, which is essentially, Andrew, that there is no chance that I would miss one second of any of these OTAs or, frankly, any of the off-season program. And it's weird because, on the one hand, all these teams that said we're not coming – well, it's like they got over 70 players are there. There might be like five to eight guys that aren't there, but those guys didn't show up a lot of years anyway. The flip side is it seems like they've gotten concessions. I saw a tweet from Tom Pelissero where 24 teams have kind of negotiated to get rid of the mini camp or they wear, you know, flip-flops or whatever. So is this a win for the NFLPA or does the NFLPA look bad? Well, I think they'll claim a win. Um, but this idea, and maybe it was too strong a word for anyone to use, this idea of a boycott was never going to happen for the reason you just said. Um, maybe you know a number better than I do. I'm guessing 75% to 80% of the roster is on the bubble every year. So they're not going to miss. <laughs> I give it to, I, I liken to the example of, say you're in a law firm, a business firm, a medical firm, and the boss walks in on Friday and said, hey, we're going to be in here on the weekend. You don't have to come, but just letting you know, <laughs> like you'll be there, right? You're not missing that. So, yeah, um, the, they're there. Now, again, I'm not saying it facetiously. The NFLPA can, can claim wins because what J.C. Treader seemed most concerned about was, I think he talked about, you know, blocking a bull rush in May, you know? So it seems like that's at least with some teams, just out, out of the picture. And yeah, coaches that are doing this, Frank Reich and, and the Eagles and others are saying, yeah, okay, you know, they don't, they don't need contact. They just want time with the players. So what do we have? We have a good compromise. But 
both sides claim victory, right? The NFLPA says, hey, look, we got concessions. The NFL teams say, we got them here as long as we want them, you know? So end of the story. You know, it's interesting too, Andrew. I didn't get into this in my story, but obviously the NFLPA has cited a lot, you know, the injury information and they feel like injuries were down last year and they think that's in part because there was no off-season program or whatever, right? Right. I guess I wonder if health is such a priority, how much vaccination education are they doing? Because I'm not I'm not here to make judgment. People can make their own decisions. It seems to me most of the people that are really educated about it get vaccinated. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of doctors around here in Hershey and Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. They've all gotten vaccinated. So most of the people that are educated on it have gotten vaccinated, but it still seems like not a very high percentage of NFL players have. I guess I feel like if if the health of the players is the big priority there, I, I would think that they'd be doing a lot in the way of vaccination education. This is going to hit ahead, Ross, um, a, de- a reckoning point, because you hear comments. I saw Sean McDermott, like he's concerned you know, about the lack of vaccinations, you know, when you cut a player in the NFL, you don't have to say anything. You can say he wasn't good enough. You can say cap, whatever. But again, we talk about 75% of the roster on the bubble. I mean, that's an easy reason, right? You don't have to say it. They won't say it, but it's an easy reason to lose your job. And yeah, I mean, It's concerning that if there is this reluctance, it's not being addressed. And maybe privately it is. That's a great question. Because football is talking about open stadiums and full practices and kicking off July 27th. Okay, (laughs) we'll see. And we'll see what happens with the non-vaccinated players. The other guy in the news this week, big week, by the way, for star players to talk to members of the media and get their message out through the media. Aaron Rodgers with Kenny Mayne and Julio Jones with Shannon Sharp. You know, it had been pretty clear for a while, Andrew, that Julio was sort of available and that the Falcons made it sound like, well, we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'd consider it. Well, now he says that he, you know, the report comes out that he asked for a trade. He says, I'm out of there. It's, it's just funny to me, Andrew, these teams always sort of go out of their way to act like they might not let a guy go, right? Like that we're, we might not trade him. But you kind of feel and you realize they are, and I guess they're doing that for leverage. But yeah. isn't there real leverage multiple suitors? Like isn't yeah. that the real leverage over the this concept or idea that they could actually keep him? Well, it's kind of a worst-kept worst secret in the NFL that they're trying to trade Julio Jones, and the only reason they haven't is the massive cap hit before June 1. So, you know, there's a few issues here, Ross. Did he know he was being televised and broadcast? And, and if the Falcons are upset that he came out, that he, want, that he wants out, it hurts their leverage? Come on. You know, come on. You know, this was known. So the issue is, is it hurting their compensation because teams know he wants out? Well, teams know they wanted him out, right? So he'll be traded in the next few weeks. And what's interesting to me, 
and I go back, I'm like a broken record, you know, Mr. Cap here. This is a massive, massive mistake contract-wise. The extension years of Tulio's contract, which are $22 million a year, like 64 guaranteed, don't even kick in till now, right? So he did a deal in 2019 with two years left for three-year extension worth $66 million. It kicks in right now. So this is on par with Goff and Wentz in terms of what a terrible contract decision to move on so quickly. And I say it every time. I say, you make contracts like this, you, you, you live with that. And they're going to have massive cap impact this year and next year while Julio plays for someone else. You got to check him out on social, at Andrew Brandt, so you don't miss any of the stuff he does. And absolutely, if you like college sports at all or anything on the legal side, a fascinating business of sports podcast this week. Cannot wait to listen. Uh, it sounds amazing. And intern Casey gave it her stamp of approval, which is good enough for me. And by the way, check out Andrew's Sunday 7. I love the graphics you have for that thing, Andrew. I see how you post it on social. It's amazing. Yeah, kudos to my intern, Austin Mayo. So Casey gets a shout out and Austin does too. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ross. You know, speaking of newsletters, I haven't done one in months. I'm sorry. The idea was when I had like a funny story or a true story about my time as a player that I maybe didn't have enough time on the podcast or I wasn't able to really write about it on, you know, the athletic or wherever, social media that I would write that to you guys. I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to get back to that because there's a lot of things popping up that remind me of times when I was a player. And I want you guys to be able to get those stories, be able to read those stories. They're not real long. Just make sure whenever we post any of the shows, there's a link. It's called Linktree. So it has the link to, you know, our Instagram, our Patreon, our newsletter, YouTube, and then all the audio apps, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, any link you ever need is there. Click on the newsletter one and make sure you're signed up so that when I send out the next story, you guys get it. Morning, Ross. Well, you touched on some of these with Andrew. Let's start with Julio Jones telling Shannon Sharp that he is, quote, out of there in terms of the Falcons. You know, we ran a poll, Bri, at Ross Tucker Pod, and the consensus is most people would give up a second-round pick for Julio Jones. I think that's pretty fair, actually. You know, he's under contract for three more years. It's somewhat reasonable. $15.3 million guaranteed this year, $2 million guaranteed next year. But it's like, I want to say, $38 million over the next three years. So I don't, if you think he's going to stay healthy and be able to play pretty well at 32, 33, 34... You're getting Julio Jones for less than $13 million a year? Sounds pretty good to me, especially if you're a contending team. Takes. Meanwhile, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers did not show for the OTAs as expected, and he talked with Kenny Mayne about it being a people business. I don't really have anything else to say here other than I think there's a strong likelihood that Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers this year. 
I think he's really just making his point. He's making the Packers uncomfortable. He's having them fly out and talk to him and kind of kiss his butt. And he's making sort of a, a big spectacle of it. I still expect when the Packers play their first game, he's playing for them. I'd be surprised if he's not. Houston Texans in the news, as usual as it seems this time, releasing quarterback Ryan Finley and claiming tackle Garon Christian off waivers from Washington. Christian's like not a terrible swing tackle. The Texans have gobbled up any competent player they can find to try to create as much competition as they possibly can which makes a lot of sense when you're kind of in a rebuilding project. I never understood trading for Ryan Finley. One of the worst quarterbacks I've seen start an NFL game in the last couple of years. I mean, I know they only swapped late round picks, but you trade for a guy and you cut him after like a week of OTAs. Think about how bad he must have been. Takes. Some other transactions include the Eagles signing defensive tackle Willie Henry, the Falcons signing wide receiver Tajay Sharp, and the Bucks. Finally, officially signing Antonio Brown after passing his physical. Yeah, and as for Henry and Sharp, I mean, a lot of times this is just teams need a body for the offseason, for the spring, and they want a competent guy that has a shot to be the last guy to make the roster at that position group, like, like Henry and Sharp. And Sharp knows Arthur Smith from their time together in Tennessee. Ducks takes. Last bit of news today, the NFL launching an investigation regarding what uh, offensive line coach Eugene Chung was told by one team and Jalen Smith paying mid six figures to switch to number nine in Dallas. So Eugene Chung uh, came out and said he was told he's not the right minority um, when trying to get a job this offseason as a coach in the NFL. But he says he'll never say the name of the team. He just wanted it kind of out there. Um, but the NFL says they'll investigate. I don't know how they'll ever find out. Um, and then Jalen Smith, mid-six figures. I mean, I'd like to see how much that was. I don't know that he'll ever make that money back with people buying new number nine Jalen Smith jerseys. But maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he just likes number nine that much and – you know, once to get back to his high school and college root, uh, roots, who knows? I know this. Two things. Number one, DraftKings has a ridiculous deal where if you bet $5 on any basketball game, you get 40 to 1 odds, which means you can win $200. So I know my Sixers play tonight. Uh, who else plays tonight? Heat in Milwaukee, I think. At any rate. It's a crazy deal. Just use the promo code Ross at DraftKings Sportsbook when you turn $5 into $200. Steve Fezzik talked on yesterday's Even Money podcast about which game he would pick. He also, by the way, knew exactly how much Julio Jones was worth to a team. He knows the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, according to the bookmakers. Really interesting Even Money podcast this week. Again, just make sure you use the promo code Ross. Speaking of that, Bri, I was watching the Nets game last night. Now, you grew up in Long Island, right? Yeah. Did you ha- have you ever met an actual, like, real live Nets fan? 
when I was growing up, no. Uh, everybody were everybody was Knicks fans. The Nets were kind of irrelevant at that point. I I'm 42. I think I've met one real like Nets fan going back to like Van Horn and back in like it it there are not a lot of Nets fans, man. There are not, although I watched the game last night and they're coming out of the woodwork now. Let's get to an email because I know we got email questions coming out of the woodwork and I love answering them. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rostucker.com. One of my favorite things we do. I wish we did it more often. I love the questions you guys ask. It's topics, really content that I couldn't come up with myself. If you ever rate and review the show, I talked about it earlier, just take a screenshot of it, send it to me, ross at rostucker.com, and ask me any question you want, anything. Yesterday, I posted on social media at Ross Tucker NFL that chocolate peanut butter cup is the greatest milkshake flavor of all time. I never really even tried it, Brian, until recently. It is amazing. What's your favorite uh, milkshake flavor? I really don't have one. Uh, no, actually, I'd say probably uh, like a mint chocolate chip. So here's the deal. I'm a big mint chocolate chip guy. I just, it's not as good of a milkshake as chocolate peanut butter cup. It's probably a better like regular ice cream, but I don't think it's good, as good of a milkshake. Anyway, what do you got? Before we do that, I, I, I'm sorry. I have to go back to something you said a couple of years ago where you were just bashing on the York peppermint patties at Halloween. How could you like mint and not like York peppermint patty? It's too much. It's too much mint. It, it's like a peppermint patty is like 80% mint, 20% chocolate. I don't like that ratio. You know what I like, Bry? Thin mints, Girl Scout cookies, Yeah, thin mints are amazing because they've got a great ratio. I'm going to say it's 65, 70% chocolate, 30% mint. And the other thing is York peppermint patties are, are they're too, they're thick and they're a lot of minty thickness. It's too much minty thickness. Uh, that's why I'm not a big fan. Plus, we were talking about like our favorite candy bars. And for you to have that ahead of like take five and nut rages, it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, it, that's it the ruins thing, though. It's, all your that's where it's your whole less life. is more. The, the the small ones are are much better. I can't eat a whole big one because then it's too you're right, it's too much mint. But a little small York peppermint patty right after dinner. Hits the spot. All right, let's get on with this. Uh, hey, Ross, I recently purchased a set of your Raycon earbuds for my wife. I wanted to ask this question. With all the traveling that you do, pre-COVID at least, want to know about your travel arrangements. Do you guys make your own travel arrangements? Do you have a hire a service? Exactly how is it coordinated? Thank you. And hey, Brian, you're doing an amazing job. Well, thank you, Bill Moyer. You're amazing as well. Bill, great question. So... I primarily make travel arrangements for CBS college games and Westwood One NFL games, each of whom has Westwood One uses like an outside service. CBS has people internally. If you tell them where you're going, where, where you're leaving from, where you're going, they will book it for you. But 
I am very specific. Like I do the research and I know exactly what flights are best for what I want. So I just typically email them, hey, I'd like this flight from here to there, this flight. Now they have like spending limits. So you have to be within the spending parameters typically. But I tell them exactly what flights I want. And then they go through and they book it and they pay for it and everything. Good question, Bill. You know, it's funny. People often ask me like, so do you have to pay for that? You have to pay to fly to the games? I'm like, no, I don't have to pay to fly to the games. <laughs> like people don't realize like it's a business trip. You don't pay for a business trip. The other thing is people always wonder like, well, what are you going to do after the game? You know, I'm going to fly home. That's what I'm going to do. Like they always think that you like stay for a couple of days. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I go home. If I can get home after the game, I'm going home after the game. If I can't, I'm on the first flight the next morning. Good questions. I love it. Shout outs. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com. Please rate and review the show. As you can tell, that's a big, uh, a big push for us today. And today, Fantasy Feast, we are getting back to Joe's rookie rankings for fantasy. Wide receivers. Know where these guys should be picked before any of your buddies in today's fantasy fees. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 